Master Tavern Keepers, History of the Old World. So, on to the Battle of Drakenmoor now, then, Master Tavernkeeper? Indeed. Now, what precipitated this class was the expedition by the king of the lost dwarf hold of Karak Ungor, Stonerag Stonehammer. Determined to reclaim his birthright, he led a large army in an attempt to establish a foothold in the goblin-held dwarf hold, now known as Red Eye Mountain. Much to the chagrin of the king, it has to be said. By all accounts, he was somewhat successful for a time. News came back to the halls of Karazakarak that Stonerag, like his ancestor, High King Skorri Morgrimson, had been able to secure the southern valley as well as the gate. The numerous war machines they had taken had apparently been instrumental in this. Reports continued to come in that they were expanding into the nearby tunnels and widening and reinforcing their perimeters. All seemed to be going well, until the reports suddenly stopped. High King Kurgan Ironbeard grew most concerned. Now, at that time, Sigmar Heldenhammer was at Karaz Akarak, further strengthening the alliance between dwarfs and men. He had actually become friends with Stonerag Stonehammer in the aftermath of the Battle of Blackfire Pass, where they'd both fought, and, upon hearing about the loss of contact, volunteered to investigate. At first, the High King was very reticent to accept the young Emperor's help, replying, Dwarf business is for dwarves, as they're oft prone to say. But Sigmar wore him down, and eventually it was agreed upon. The forces of the Empire of Sigmar would be supplemented by volunteers from the warriors of the High King, and together they would go and see what had happened to the dwarves of Karak Ungor. They never reached the mountain, though. The skies were black with ominous clouds and unnatural lightning raked the land as Sigmar Heldenhammer descended from the hold of Karazakarak. They journeyed first east along the Silver Road and then north along the eastern slopes of the World's Edge Mountains, passing the lost mines of Mount Gunbad high above them as they did so. Uh, somewhere we will need to talk about when we discuss the War of the Beard, but uh, not right now. Anyway, as Sigma and his army came within sight of Red Eye Mountain, they were met by the retreating forces of Stonerag Stonehammer. The king was dead, 
and the surviving warriors were bearing his body back to Karaz Akarak. Oh, my goodness. What had happened, Master Tavernkeeper? It was the old story. Although the dwarves had fought well and their defenses had been meticulously planned and manned, sheer weight of numbers had overwhelmed them, and Stonerug Stonehammer had fallen in the counterattack, slain by a gigantic stone troll. Ah, ain't you a big troll? You smell worse than a Nalwangli. Come on, then. Take your best shot. Apparently, it was a fine end, but one that had broken the will of his men, and it was decided to consolidate their losses and abandon the venture. It was on this slow march of shame back towards the dwarf capital that they had encountered Sigmar. But the Emperor had no time to grieve for the loss of his friend, for another enemy was close at hand. Drakenfels. Indeed. Since the events of Blackfire Pass, the Enchanter had eyed the growing empire of Sigmar with envious eyes, and was eager to have his way with this new emperor. However, the resurgent dwarfs under Sigmar's stalwart ally, High King Kurgan Ironbeard, now held the main passes through the mountains both in the north and now the south. Thus, much as Drakenfels might have wanted to go rampaging through the old world, as he had years before, he was kept at bay. But now, here, right in front of him, was the object of Drakenfell's ire. An overripe fruit, ready to be plucked and devoured. The Battle of Drakenmoor in the eleventh year of the Imperial Calendar. Forces and Deployment. Drakenfels led an army consisting of enslaved demons and goblins. It was the spotters of the High King Kurgan's dwarves who saw the great enchanter's forces first, alerted to their presence by the demonic furies that flew overhead. As they scouted ahead for the rest of the army. It is written that after spotting these forward scouts, the dwarf guides trained their telescopes on the smog that perpetually hangs over that area of the Darklands, and, little by little, as zephyrs of wind peeled back the miasma, a gigantic army came into view. Facing westwards, the Enchanter's forces stretched across the desolate plain of Drakenmoor. Demonic cavalry, resembling iron boars with the heads of hounds, formed up on their right flank, whilst on the left, near a dark, twisted copse, half hidden by the smog, 
were packs upon packs of goblin wolf riders, led by that infamous war boss of old, Scroxnick of the Moonhilers tribe, riding his wolf chariot. The center of the Enchanter's army consisted of an uneasy hodgepodge of hobgoblin and night goblin units. <laughs> you are far from home, Sigmar of the Umberogen. This mistake is going to cost you dearly, I think. First, I'll take your life, and then I'll take your empire! <laughs> Drakenfels tuck up position behind the center in order to ensure that his most unreliable troops did not flee at the sight of the enemy. He himself commanded a view of the field of battle from upon the back of a skeletal dragon, raised with dragon remnants that the enchanter himself had recovered from the Plain of Bones. Oh, yeah, yeah. The Graveyard of Dead Dragons. Ah, indeed. It lies directly south of the battlefield, just beyond the infamous Ash Ridge Mountains, whose slopes are strictly avoided. For it is here that many magma dragons make their home, guarding the resting place of their race. Oh, and uh, speaking of guards, Drakenfels himself was guarded by thirteen Undead warriors, all that remained of his nomadic army of yore that had once terrorized the great desert of the Southlands. Anyway, Sigmar saw the forces that sought to snuff him out and organized the men and dwarves he had at his disposal accordingly. Sigmar put his elite heavy cavalry on his right flank, across from the wolves and their riders. A majority of these were imperial knights, the flowers of the noble houses of the empire, but they were also accompanied by some of the fresh, bareheaded knights of the white wolf from Middenheim, able-bodied warriors from across the strata of society. This flank was led by the warrior eternal of the Teutogans, Renwyrd, who had accompanied the Emperor on his visit to Karazakarak to pay his respects to Alaric the Mad, in gratitude for his aid during the siege of Middenheim. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What did Alaric the Mad do there then? Yeah, 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 yeah. Why, he came with 500 dwarf ironbreakers to help lift the siege, in addition to gifting Sigmar the rune fangs at the same time, actually. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh, no, no small things, then. Indeed. Well, anyway. Behind these were set the dwarf cannons and war machines of the surviving expedition of Stonerag Stonehammer, as well as two imperial regiments of archers and a uh, smaller regiment of crossbowmen. The Empire's left flank was occupied by regiments of spearmen, halberdiers, and swordsmen, 
as well as some uh, small units of dwarf warriors, hammerers, miners, and ironbreakers. The Emperor himself occupied the center, guarded as ever by a cohort of his own heavily armored bodyguards, the Reichsguard. The forces that faced off against each other were not even, though, with the Thralls of Drakenfels outnumbering Sigmar's army by about three to one. Oh, yeah, but uh, what sort of numbers are we really talking about here, Master Tavernkeeper? Ah, a fine question, my dear knight. Actually, there is some information with regards to the size of the forces that I stumbled across. Dwarf records seem to indicate that the surviving forces of Stonerag Stonehammer numbered between 500 and 1,000. And some Imperial scholars have estimated that Sigmar was accompanied by 1,500 to 2,000 knights and soldiers when he left Altdorf to go to Karaz Akarak. Ach, so Drakenfels must have had between six and 9,000 men then? That's quite a numerical advantage. Indeed. But if there's one thing that Sigmar had going for him, though, it was his experience dealing with enemies who outnumbered him. Even going back as far as the Battle of Astafon Bridge, he had secured victory after victory under such circumstances. Although there were defeats too, of course. Anyway, as plumes of black smoke and smog drifted across the battlefield, the two armies waited as their two generals eyed each other up and prepared to play their opening gambits. <laughs> <laughs> 